Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. And good morning to all of those good friends and family members on YouTube. But we're so grateful that you are with us. So, growing up, one of my fondest Easter memories was the time that my mother, my sweet, dear mother, took me to a place called Beckley Ice and Feed Hardware. And in the back of this store was this big box and it had um, a lamp hanging over the box. And so as I approached the box with my friend Paul Mason, we noticed that there were these baby chickens, little chicks, and they had been dyed with food coloring or something, and they were various colors, red and purple and blue and green, and of course, green at the time was my most favorite color, and so I took the green chick, and my friend Paul got the purple chick, and that was Easter. And for me, growing up, the good news of Easter was a green chicken and maybe mom's deviled eggs and ham and, I don't know, one of those um, Cadbury chocolate bunnies or whatever. But somewhere in the back of my mind, somewhere I knew that there had to be more than to Easter than just green chickens and chocolate bunnies, right? I mean, I just wasn't sure why. And let's face it, I mean, resurrection is a difficult reality to grasp, isn't it? I mean, even for an adult, especially those of us who think we're enlightened, it's just a really difficult concept to grasp. So, the women today in our gospel It says they were perplexed, and they had gone to the tomb, and the two men says, he's not here. He's risen. And when they went and reported it to the apostles about Jesus' resurrection, the apostles were themselves skeptical, and they thought it was an idle tale. In other words, they thought these women were delirious, uh, that this was utter nonsense. So if you ever have wrestled with the concept of resurrection, if you're not sure what to do with resurrection, you're in good company. And you're not the first person on the planet that's ever wrestled with this. But my guess is this. My suspicion is unless you're a kid, you need more from Easter than deviled eggs and ham or brunch, right? You need more than chocolate bunnies And I doubt many people in this room want a green chicken, right? I mean, deep down inside us, beyond the exteriors, but deep inside us, 
You know, those places that no one else can see. Deep inside of us, we're longing for something more. We're longing for a reality. We need to know that deep inside us, we have a longing. A longing for life. Life beneath, beyond these fears that keep us awake at night, right? Beyond the heartbreaks and the pain and the losses of our lives. We have a longing, a deep, deep, intense desire for life beyond our failures, beyond our sins, beyond our regrets, beyond our resentments. We need life beyond our doubts, our disbeliefs, and our distrust. I mean, does Vladimir Putin get the final say? Does cancer have the final word on life? Does Alzheimer's get the final say? Does HIV AIDS get the final say about who we are? Does addiction get the final word? And this is where Easter meets us. Because the ultimate promise of Easter, as Frederick Bigner says, that resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. And our eternal God makes sure of that. See, the humiliating power of death that was loosed on the world in Good Friday. All those forces of personal and social and cosmic forces that negate our lives. Those things that try to steal the truth and the beauty of who we were created to be and reduce them to empty dread. The gnawing, those things that gnaw at us, that erode us, that are trying to talk us out of our true selves and God. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God steps in and meets them face to face with what I call Easter force. See, our prophet Isaiah that we just read, 500 plus years before Jesus said, I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. See, when God raised Jesus from the dead, God was creating a new reality, a new world. It's a new genesis, if you will, overthrowing death, overthrowing sin, overthrowing all those things that oppress us, that take us outside of who we were created to be, and declaring once and for all that life is more powerful than death and love more enduring than tragedy. See, the risen Christ didn't just come back to life, right? He didn't just come back from the dead. No. The risen Christ is the one God himself who has gone through death and off the other side of it and opened the door to a new world beyond death. I know that this is a difficult concept to grasp, but resurrection, Easter, meets us in those inexplicable and those unexpected ways and says that Jesus is Lord and the lords of this world are not. Jesus is Lord, not Vladimir Putin. Jesus is Lord, not cancer. Jesus is Lord, not addiction. And anything else that takes life, Jesus is Lord. And not that. Here's the beauty. Easter is the expression 
of God's faithfulness to Jesus, to all God's children, to the entire creation. God keeps God's word even when things seem impossible. So you cannot wrap your head around that. But God wants you to wrap your heart around that promise. God wants you to wrap your heart around that promise. Because the gospel says, you remember this? It says, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Jesus had said throughout his ministry that his execution would not be the end. He said it was coming. It's coming. But it's not the end. He's talking about something new and unexpected. He's talking about something happening after his death. He's talking about this life with God that is called resurrection when the Spirit of God lifts him and raises him up. And it's God's promise that has been fulfilled. God promised this, and God made it so. Not only for Jesus, but for you and for me and for the whole world and all of creation. No longer, no longer must we say, well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way I am. It's not going to change. Nothing can be done about this. This is how it's always going to be. No, absolutely not. We have a promise from God. We have a promised future and the possibility that this moment right here and right now can be transformed and changed into something God intends. And this promise of God is what gives me hope. I don't hope with optimism, right? I'm not just trying to be optimistic and, you know, grin and bear it. Hope is not just this vague feeling that somehow everything's going to work out. It'll be all right. That's not what I'm talking about. Hope is the certainty guaranteed by God himself. Despite the circumstances we face, despite the endings, however bittersweet, they are not final. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning, an hour and a half earlier than I intended to. (laughs) And I walked into my office in my house, and I saw a picture picture of um, with my mom and I and I lost my mom five years ago to cancer and there's that picture and I knew I had to come and preach on resurrection right and I'm watching and I'm looking at TV and I'm seeing all the crazy stuff but as I looked at that picture of my mom with her absolutely incredibly wonderful son Here's the beauty. I knew that the promise is real and the hope in that promise. I can rejoice because I know that I too someday will cross through those gates of larger life and I will encounter her again. Because here's the deal. Easter, resurrection promises that new life comes and new life can't be stopped. 
because our lives, our, our lives, this world and everything in it matter to God. God has not quit on us. God has not given up on this world. And you know why? Because God so loves the world. God so loves the world that he came into this world to rescue us from all that takes life, sin, death. He didn't come to condemn this world. God came to restore it. So every change, every sorrow, every heartbreak, every failure, every hope, every farewell that, farewell that we experience is held in the arms of the risen Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? Like Christ that was lifted from that empty tomb, we too will be drawn out of our tombs. And we too will rise with him. And this is the promise of resurrection. And it is something that every single one of us in this room wants and needs. Like the first disciples, we might doubt. So what? We might not understand. So what? But we can be amazed. We can be amazed. Our gospel this morning leaves us with a picture of Peter. Pecking, peeking into the tomb, right? He, he'd heard, and he went to the tomb, and he peeks inside the tomb, and he sees the empty grave clothes, and what happens to Peter? He's amazed. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do with resurrection? Go, wow, look at that. He said he was going to do that, and by gosh, he did. Hallelujah. That's not what it says. It says that he was amazed. See, if the empty clothes reveal that death is not the end, but a transition, that there really, truly then is more. And N.T. Wright, a theologian, a New Testament scholar, says, the message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Christ and that you are now invited to belong to it. Resurrection invites us to participate. Resurrection invites us to say yes to the opportunities of every moment given to us, that every breath we take matters, and that not to waste one single one of them forever, never to take it for granted, right? Every time we speak life to someone, every time we bring life to others, every act that we do in a life-affirming way, any time we bring life to another, every time we choose love over anything that isn't love, death succumbs to life and hope triumphs. And at that moment, heaven, heaven comes to earth. Heaven kisses earth, and life and love prevail. Every act of compassion matters. Every act of love matters. Every kind word matters. Every glimmer of good matters. Every hint of hope matters. 
Every act of forgiveness matters and is a sign, a glimpse of the resurrection life. Even when things seem unimaginable, even when things seem unforeseeable, even things seem possible, absolutely nothing will be forgotten. Nothing will be wasted. They all belong to and are held sacred by God. Yes, Easter might be the most bizarre story ever told. And you might not understand it. But I promise you that you can experience it. Because resurrection affirms this life and next are actually one. Embraced, graced, and saved by God. This is why we say, Alleluia, He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Because it's so much more. Right? We ought to kick open those front doors right there. Surely. What a kick open the front doors. Everybody stand up and just shout and just hand out colored chickens to everyone, right? Pour out champagne and shout hallelujah from the top of our lungs because he is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. And because of that, you and I and we will rise. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.